Yo, what is up? You have found I Like the Blazers. I am your host, Brandon Goldner, and I'm here to give a brazenly optimistic view of where the Blazers are as we stand on Sunday, April 11th. The Blazers having just lost to the Miami Heat 107 to 98. The game wasn't even really that close to be frank and props to the Blazers second unit who pulled closer outscoring the Heat 27 to 18 in the fourth quarter. By the way, it should be noted that Eric Spolstra, the, the Heat coach, did not pull his starters in the fourth quarter at all, which I thought was pretty funny. But if you go on Twitter or social media or pretty much anywhere right now, people are not feeling great. Uh, coach Terry Stotts was asked by Jason Quick during the postgame tonight how the Blazers will get out of their funk. Stotts replied, quote, I'm reluctant to say that we're in a funk, so I guess it's hard to answer the question if I don't believe the premise. Meanwhile, the Blazers have lost three of four with the one win coming against the Detroit Pistons who've only won 16 games this year. So as much as I appreciate Coach Stotts taking an optimistic view as we're going to do tonight, the Blazers have not been playing well lately, particularly against playoff caliber teams. So what I wanted to do was to bring an optimistic view to where the Blazers stand now because there are still, I think, 16, 17, 18 games left in the season and there is still time. Whether your team is playing really well or whether your team is not playing well, there is time for things to change. And so what I want to do is to bring the case for why you should feel optimistic about the Blazers' chances moving forward. So first and foremost, I believe that the key to the Blazers' success in the playoffs is going to be Yusuf Nurkic. And one thing that would not be great would be if Yusuf Nurkic were to get hurt again. He left late in the second quarter of this game, went to the locker room, had a trainer follow him. He then returned in the third quarter. He was diagnosed with a bruised sacrum, which is basically your tailbone. Uh, it was shared after the game that Nurkic says his back is, quote, fine and x-rays were negative. That is really, really good. In my view, the Blazers will not be a deep playoff team if they don't have Yusuf Nurkic point blank period. So if, if Nurkic is not there, I don't think the Blazers are going to do much of anything. I think the Blazers are going to be a first round out if they don't have Nurk. He is so incredibly important to both their offense and their defense that just knowing that the injury he suffered was minor and that he is going to be back uh, at full strength is very, very important tonight. He was on a minutes limit at 25 minutes, which was five minutes higher than his minutes limit in the last game that he had played, which was two games ago. Cause he sat out last game with a, a, a knee inflammation. So even in the optimistic view, as I start, I'm saying straight up, if Yusuf Nurkic is not right, the Blazers are not going to have a good time in the playoffs. In fact, I'm going to say if Yusuf Nurkic is not healthy, in the playoffs that they are, going to flame out and I don't think that's a hot take so the fact that Nurkic went out with an injury came back and x-rays came back negative and he says he's good to go and he was playing in the second half that is all really really good news so let's hold tight to that health is important okay another reason to be optimistic is in this latest stretch the Blazers have not been playing well against the best teams which is not great but they have been doing pretty well against bad teams and as it turns out, blowing out bad teams is a positive correlation to playoff success. So that means that if you 
are taking care of business decisively against bad teams, that historically has been something that indicates whether or not you will be successful in the playoffs. And isn't that the most important thing? What we are talking about here is not how many regular season wins the Blazers can rack up. It's how well they may be able to do in the playoffs. And so, yes, it is important that the Blazers are blowing out bad teams. We can get to some other things in a moment, but I wanted to isolate that because I think that that's something that didn't come top of mind to me, frankly. I had always thought that basically the only and best indicator of whether or not you'd be good in the playoffs is how well you do against playoff caliber teams. That ends up not being the case if you're doing really well against bad teams. If your margin of victory against bad teams is very high, that has a positive correlation to how well you do in the playoffs. That means it can indicate how successful you are in the playoffs. So despite how we may feel about how the Blazers are playing right now, which I'll be honest with everybody, like I'm not feeling super great. Uh, despite how I may feel about that, that is a good sign. So that is a reason to feel optimistic too. Another reason to feel optimistic is frankly where the Blazers sit right now in a very, very loaded Western Conference. The Blazers do find themselves at 31 and 22. That's good for fifth, pardon me, sixth in the Western Conference. Uh, fortunately, the Dallas Mavericks did lose tonight. The Dallas Mavericks are a game and a half now behind the Blazers. The Los Angeles Lakers are two games ahead. The Nuggets are three games ahead. The Clippers are five games ahead. So the Blazers are right in the George Costanza meaty middle of the curve of the Western Conference. Why does that matter? The Western Conference is much, much more competitive than the East. Much more competitive than the East. If you look at just like where the 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 kind of the bottom of the playoff picture of the West sits, the, the, the Golden State Warriors are just three games under 500, and they are currently in 10th. If you wanted to get 10th in the East, you could be as far as eight games under 500, the Chicago Bulls. The two conferences are not comparable. Now, the top talent in both conferences are more or less the same, but as a whole, the Western Conference is much, much more difficult. The fact that Blazers find themselves sitting at sixth is important. Why? A couple different reasons. One, it gives them a cushion. So if the Blazers do go through a slump, that they can survive that. By the way, I should note the Blazers are six and four in their last 10 games. Not exactly terrible. They could be better, of course, right? But not terrible. Um, but given where they are in the Western Conference, they have a cushion. And if they find themselves in sixth now, if they were to find their groove a little bit later towards the season, I know that the hour really is getting late to quote Bob Dylan, but if the Blazers are to go on a run, that means they have to make up less ground in order to get better playoff positioning. So right now, the Blazers, a game and a half out of that play-in, which would begin at the seventh spot, which is where the Mavericks find themselves now. So that is good news. Okay, another reason for optimism Nas Little. Now, frankly, he didn't play particularly well during this game against the Heat, but he has found himself more and more in the rotation lately. In his 12 minutes, he was a positive on the court, although individual plus minus is kind of difficult to take anything from. But his energy, his 
potential on defense, his potential as a cutter on offense. It is important for this team to have an extra weapon. And I mean, him getting 12 minutes despite not playing his best tonight, but he was still a positive. That's more than can be said for a lot of the Blazers starters. And again, I know that a lot of the ground the Blazers made up in this game were when the backups came in. But again, the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra kept our starters in. So there's something to be gleaned from that. Nas Little being a wrinkle in this Blazers offense and defense is something that you can feel good about. Now, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how Stotts manages his lineups from here on out because there are some players, and as much as I love them, I'm talking about, honestly, Carmelo Anthony, who maybe don't deserve as many minutes as they're getting. He played 16 minutes. That was more the Derek Jones Jr. That was more the Nas Little. And Carmelo Anthony did not make a shot. He was a team worst minus 20. And while you can't really take a ton from individual plus minus, as I said earlier, I don't think that Carmelo Anthony has been a positive on the floor. And I'm not sure where he factors into a potential playoff rotation the way that he's playing right now. So all this is just to say that players like Nas Little could be very, very important moving forward. And we haven't seen really what he can do. And there is, again, still time to figure that out. So I think that that's important to look at. Okay, one more thing. If you're looking for optimism, I think this is one of the most important points to make. And I think this is uh, sometimes overlooked by some folks, which is that Norm Powell is basically brand new to the team. Yusuf Nurkic is basically brand new to this version of this team. To some extent, so is CJ McCollum, who was out for a large portion of this year. Now, I know that this year has been odd. COVID protocols, the condensed schedule. Some teams have had many injuries to deal with. The Blazers have been among them. However, I think it's important to note that your team is not the name that's on the front of the jersey it's the players in those jerseys the blazers have not been at full strength for a large portion of this season and i think that's important to note first for where they stand as far as the record is concerned which really isn't that bad again 31 and 22 there are a lot of teams the boston celtics are two games over 500 the miami heat who they just lost to are only three games over 500 the toronto raptors are eight games under 500 the golden state warriors are under 500 by several different like there are lots of different teams who have also had some injuries who are not doing as well as the blazers are right now and i think that's a testament to how the team has managed themselves up to this point however This has not been a reflection of the Blazers at full strength. And look, there is no guarantee that your team will be at full strength ever. There is no guarantee that you are allowed to enter the playoffs with your full rotation. We've seen that over and over again throughout history. You cannot put an asterisk next to a title run because the team you played in the finals had an injury because Every team deals with injuries at some point. When the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals in 2019, they did not have Yusuf Nurkic. The examples abound of teams that, but for one slip on the court, but for somebody undercutting them during a game, maybe they would have gone further, but that is just the way that it works and there's no way to control for it. I think it's important to note though that if your team is now healthy 
that perhaps what you've seen up to this point isn't reflective of what they can be, but more importantly, that these players do need some time together on the court some number of dozens of minutes, whether it's 60 minutes, you know, whether it's 100 minutes, whether it's 150 minutes, they're going to need some time on the court to learn their individual tendencies on offense, where they need the ball, how quickly they slip a screen, where they're going to be and where they would like to cut. If they're going to cut directly in the middle or along the baseline and curl back around on defense, it's even more important, not only from a communication standpoint, but just knowing this person over here, I know that they prefer to shade toward the basket a little bit more, or I know they prefer to shade towards the three-point line a little bit more. Therefore, I need to play here or here or here. That kind of stuff, it only comes with time. And there has been so little practice time during the season for all teams that it's really hard to get that if you're not doing it during the game. So the the biggest thing I'd take away, what I had in my notes here was that Norm Powell and Nurkic are in some ways newer players to this group. But I think more what I want to say is that the team does need a little bit of time to gel. So with that being said, I think, you know, you can't have optimism without accountability. I think that's completely fair. So here is what I've said. I have said that there are I, 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 a couple days ago. So I, a couple days ago, I said, okay, you know, it's important to note that the Blazers have, you know, 22 games left. And after those games, there will be about 15 games left. So I said after the Jazz, that happened. Pistons happened. The Heat, they lost tonight. And then the Celtics, Spurs, Hornets, Clippers. After those games, I have said, I think that we can adequately judge whether the Blazers are going to pull us all together or not. So... After those games, how do they look? Are they hanging or winning against good teams and mostly beating bad teams? Or are they being outclassed against good teams and scraping by with wins against bad teams? So that was the personal benchmark that I set. I understand that other people may have different benchmarks. They may say... They've already had enough time to assimilate these players, and the team that we're seeing now is the team they're going to be. And there may be people who say, look, like after those games, they have 15 games left. They deserve even more time. I think that's completely fair. In my view, if after the next couple of games, again, specifically four, if they don't look like a team that can beat good teams and can advance in at least one round of the playoffs then that's probably who they're going to be because every team, not just the Blazers, every team is dealing with this environment in COVID where you're needing to get tested so frequently to the best of my understanding there, there has not been any modification to the NBA's testing protocols, even if you've gotten vaccinated. And it's also my understanding that Blazers are all fully vaccinated at this point, which is excellent. But we know that the testing takes a toll on players, right? They can't get as much rest as they normally get. It's it's difficult, you know, mentally. We know that the condensed season is difficult on the teams. They don't have as much practice. We know that for a fact. So basically, we know that all teams, all 30 teams have been dealing with constraints during this season that are unlike any other. We haven't even mentioned the fans not being in most arenas and even the arenas in which Ha the, the arenas that are welcoming back fans 
it doesn't feel the same right like i actually commented during the broadcast today that they hit they did like a flashback to a blazers heat game from 2013 damian lillard's rookie season and it was at the Moda Center, and it was packed. And every time Wesley Matthews or Nick Batum hit a shot, it was like, whoa, the crowd went wild. They don't have that now. No teams have that now. And it's just different. This year is different. So this is not unique to the Blazers. That's why I think that this team, despite having to bring together many different pieces, whether it's from trade or from injury, that the team does have to demonstrate relatively quickly that they are going to go deep in the playoffs or they are not. So that is what I would say. I think that pretty much does it. Here's what I want to say as a caveat to all of this. What I presented are things to think about. What I don't want people to take away from this is that I believe that the Blazers will definitely be successful in the playoffs. That's not what I believe. What I don't want people to take from this is that I believe the Blazers are executing everything perfectly, that every player is playing their best, that Coach Stotts is being his best, that Neil Olshay did his best at the trade deadline. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that despite it not feeling super great right now, there definitely are things that you can look at to make you feel slightly better and maybe take a, a somewhat longer view and I also get that the way I think about this may be different from you. So, for example, when I'm saying I'm giving the team a handful more games to look like a deep playoff team, perhaps you've already come to that conclusion. Perhaps you are giving them more games than I am. I totally understand that. I just think that it's important that when we think about this stuff, that we challenge our own assumptions and what I have seen on Twitter specifically because I'm deep heavy into Twitter. We all know that is a lot of pessimism, and I think that that is completely fair. I just also want to entertain that there are things to look at here that are actually pretty good that other franchises would be very, very happy to switch positions with the Blazers to be where we are now. There are fan bases, not even just historically. I'm not even talking about teams that have done well or not done well for a really long time wanting to, you know, not switch or switch places. I'm talking about right now, if you were a fan of name the team, if you could be in the position where the Blazers are, there are a lot of teams who would love to be where the Blazers find themselves now. And yet the prevailing feeling right now among most Blazers fans is pessimism. And I would challenge whether that is the most appropriate response given where they are given how much time is left we're not talking two games we're not talking five games we're not talking 10 we're talking 15 games to the playoffs there is time it doesn't mean that it definitely will turn around it just means that it could and i think that holding that is important because if you're trying to seriously analyze a team you have to look at the good and the bad. You have to look at what is possible and what is not. You have to be realistic about how much time there is or isn't. And you have to be clear-eyed about what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I think that part of that is being critical 
And part of that is also understanding where there may be room for some optimism. So that's the optimism part is the part I wanted to bring tonight. So with that, what do you think? Does any of this change how you're feeling? Does it confirm how you're feeling? Does it not really land with you? I think that's fair either way. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can at GoldnerPDX. You can also find us at I Like the Blazers on Twitter or at ILikeTheBlazers.com. I would also love your rating, review, or subscription on whatever podcast catcher you are using. Finding I Like the Blazers. I would appreciate that. And until next time, thank you all. Appreciate you for listening. And as always, go Blazers. Thank you.